When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It is season three. It is episode nine. Cubs bullpen bump. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials. Fly the W670 at Twitter, Instagram. Of course, we're on Facebook or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, uh, happy uh, weekend. I hope you had a good one. We're back to Monday, and uh, we finally got uh, an important piece to the uh, Cubs bullpen moving forward. Yeah, we were talking about this, and I've always felt that Jed has done a good job of putting bullpens together, and so the Cubs finally made a move, you know. Uh, we've been talking about this, and on Thursday when we were recording – Former Cub David Robertson signed a one-year, $11.5 million deal with the Texas Rangers. The Cubs made their move on Saturday, signing former Astro reliever Hector Neris. Uh, Hector Neris, you know, he's getting a little bit older, but he's still a reliable veteran presence that I think the Cubs' bullpen really, truly needs. He's 35 years old. He spent most of his career with the Phillies, and in the last two seasons, he's been with the Astros. Now, last season was really good for Neris. He appeared in 71 games, had a 6-3 and three record with a 171 ERA. He had 31 holds, two saves out of three opportunities, struck out 77 batters, and walked 31. But the thing about him is, is that Neris is an extremely durable arm. He's a guy that just, you know, you could just keep handing him the ball, and, and he's very dependable. He's not injury-prone. Since becoming a full-time reliever in 2016, Dustin, he's appeared in 70 or more games in five of the last seven seasons. I'm not counting 2020, obviously. Um, But he features a four-seamer, a split finger, a sinker, and a slider. And I guess for me, Dustin, I'm kind of just interested. You know, I know that Mark Leiter kind of struggled at the end, and they said there might have been some back issues or something. But it's going to be, I think, good to have somebody that throws that split finger that can kind of, you know, bounce some ideas off Leiter. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it kind of puts lighter a little bit on tilt, I think as well, but this is a really, this is a really good signing. I mean, some of the complaints I heard were about the age, but the durability factor makes it like the age doesn't really matter. Plus he's a guy that's been pitching for teams that have been playing in postseasons. right? He's been around the Phillies. He's been around the Astros. 
He strikes guys out. He knows high leverage situation. Now, I still don't know. I don't think you know. I don't think the Cubs know. And if they do know, they're not going to tell us that he's the ninth inning guy. He's the seventh inning guy. He's the eighth inning guy. What I know is that the Cubs feel good about giving him the ball in a high leverage situation. That's what I know. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, last year was a career year. He, you know, usually his ERA is around 324, and that's what you would expect from him this season. Now, Ken Rosenthal did point out that Neris's average fastball velocity dropped from 94.3 in 2022 to 93 in 23. That's uh, nearly 1.5 miles per hour, according to StatCast. But, you know, the one thing we talked about, Dustin, is that the Cubs needed two things from this bullpen this offseason. Number one, they needed veteran leadership, and then they needed a lefty, you know? Uh, we don't have the lefty yet, but I, I think that he's going to provide some really good leadership out there. And this is something that Jose de Jesus Ortiz put up on Twitter. He's a beat writer for the Astros. The Astros deal with Josh Hader puts them as a favorite in the American League this year, I think. But it will be difficult to replace Hector Neris, who will help the Cubs way more than Cub fans realize now. Neris was the glue in the Astros' bullpen. He's a revered leader. So... You know, there are, there, there's the, you know, obviously the wins and losses and the holds and the saves and all those things. But from what uh, Ortiz is saying on this here is, is that, you know, he also has a lot of the intangibles that when you got, you know, that bullpen that the Cubs had last year, when you're talking about it, they just didn't have that veteran presence. It was supposed to be Boxberger. It didn't end up being that way. So I think that this is something that's going to be really helpful for the young Cubs. Yep. I now, like the move. I, I really, really like the move. Now, the contract, Dustin, is for one year, $9 million, but there is a 2025 player option that, that converts once he hits 60 appearances. And like I said, he's done that pretty much every single season there is. And so the other thing to keep in mind is that, though, about this whole situation, Dustin, is that the Cubs are going to have to make room on their 40-man roster for Naris, and there hasn't been a corresponding move yet. Now the Cubs could, you know, just decide to DFA a pitcher, you know, replace one pitcher with another to make room for Naris. I'm just kind of looking at the 40 man roster here and you got a um, guess. I wonder if Michael Rucker or Keegan Thompson, Ooh. Are two, two guys that I wonder, um, it may, it may be time, you know, if you got to make a move, but, Dustin is they could go a different direction and DFA a position player. So a lot of times with your 40 man roster, you put guys on there to protect them from getting picked up in like the rule five draft. Right. And so if you look at the Cubs 40 man out, uh, roster, and we've talked about this before, the Cubs really have a surplus of top prospect outfielders in the system. You have right now, right now on the 40 man roster, Kevin Alcantara, Alexander Canario, PCA, and Dustin, I'm going to bring up a name here, Brennan Davis. So Davis has struggled with injuries the last few years. Remember, he was a top prospect for a while. He was the Futures MVP. You just got to wonder if, if the Cubs may say, hey, we got enough outfielders. He's had some injury issues. We move on. He's really young. I don't know if they're going to do that. I think Keegan Thompson, to me, is the one that just kind of keeps – flashing you know i keep seeing a red light flashing in that direction but it's 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 really something to think about so we'll see what happens now 
remember that MLB teams can have 13 pitchers on their roster. So five starters and eight bullpen arms, right? Now I got the, I got four starters penciled in. I got, I, I mean, you can not even penciled in. You put this in pen right here. Steel yeah. Hendricks, Tyone and, Ima, and Imanaga. Those assuming are your starters. They're all, assuming they're all healthy. Those are your starters, right? No question. Right. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, who is going to get the fifth spot in the rotation? Did I love seeing Jordan Wicks? Yeah, but, you know, he's still a little green. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it was good for for a, a short month or something like that. But I still, you know, remember when we had um, the quotes from Craig Council, how interested he was in Hayden Wesniski. Is Caleb Killian a guy that kind of figures things out? Is Ben Brown going to get a shot? So I think there's going to be competition for the fifth spot. You might even throw Javier Assad in that mix. I don't. I, I don't know if they like him better as a swingman. Um, but, but but a couple of those names, and I agree with everything you're saying, right? But right. as we get as we move into the bullpen, if a couple of those guys aren't in the starting rotation, are they in the bullpen, or are they sending them down to work on making sure they're stretched out? And making sure they're ready to start, if that's in fact what they need to do. I would I would say, like when you talk about Ben Brown, when you talk about Caleb Killian, and Hayden Wesniski, all of those guys, I think you could keep pitching and stretch them out in Iowa. Right now, I looked at Fangraphs today, Dustin, and they have projected the Cubs bullpen as the following: Edward Alzali, the recently acquired Hector Neris, Julian Merriweather, Drew Smar Smiley, Mark Leiter Jr. Jose Coas, the newly acquired Yancy Almonte. Remember, he was in that deal that brought Michael Bush over as well, and Javier Assad. That's what you have right now, okay? Mm -hmm. And so Drew Smiley technically is your only lefty. Now, the other issue to kind of keep in mind are options. And I, you know, for those of you that are watching on 670 The Score, the, the YouTube channel, you're looking at who has options, who's available to be optioned if need be. Albert Alzali actually has one option left. You're not going to use that. You're not going to do it, but he does have an option. Hector Neris, no, you're not. He doesn't. Julian Merriweather has zero options. Drew Smiley, nope, not. He's not uh, someone that can be optioned anymore at this time. Mark Leiter Jr., zero options. Jose Quas has two options. And Yancy Almonte, who again, they just picked up, does not have any options. Javier Assad has two options. So remember, like, let's say you get into some sort of mess where it's like a 15, 16 inning game and you need to bring an arm up. Well, you're going to have an issue because, you know, the only guys you could really think about doing are Quaz and Almond and Assad, which I think they'll do. But if you did Mark Leiter Jr. or you did Almonte, you'd have to DFA them and they'd have to pass through waivers um, before you, you know, you could continue having them on your team. Right. So you got to be real careful. Right. Right. So there's not a lot of uh, uh, leeway here. There, So it's, you know, we, there's a lot of pitchers, like I said, on the 40 man roster, but I just don't think there's going to be a lot of shuttling going around. I think if, if there is, it really truly is going to be in one of those emergency type situations, you know, but Quas is a guy, you know, that, that has two options and they, they've kind of put him into the, the a situation last year that was difficult. They had him pitching like every game. That wasn't what he was expected to do. It just was out of necessity. So I think, you know, when we, we listened to Craig Council the other day and he's talking about bullpens, I just remember him kind of talking a little bit about how he doesn't really know what the roles are just yet. And 
again, remember Mark Leiter was DFA'd last year. Yeah, he was, right? he was, he was not even supposed to be really part of this team. Drew Smiley wasn't supposed to be in the bullpen. Uh, Julian Merriweather, they picked him up off waivers. That was a reclamation project. And and, and it worked I, out, right? It worked, it worked out. out. Well, some do, some don't. And that's right. that's the that's where things get really tricky when and this is why Jed always says is that bullpens are volatile. And and you look at what happened, and in it's why you don't want to give. You know, obviously Josh Hader's a special circumstance. He's done it for a long time. He throws a lot of heat. But in general, it's why you see the Cubs shy away from giving out the big contracts is is for a reliever because most of these times, these guys may just have a great year. They may not. They may be off, and you have to swap them in with someone else. I still think that the Cubs have a lot of depth. There's, you know, Daniel Palencia is not on here. Daniel Palencia, if you remember last year, he came up. Mm -hmm. The guy throws 100 miles an hour. Right. He's probably the hardest thrower that the Cubs have in the bullpen between him and Julian Merriweather. Luke Little, you remember he came up. He was yep. a lefty that had a little – but I think a lot of those guys are still young and, and could benefit. It's not like they're not going to get anything out of pitching in Iowa. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll get – you know, they'll learn a little bit and there'll be guys that they'll have to get out. So I think what I like about the bullpen, Dustin, is especially getting that veteran. I would still like a veteran lefty arm. I don't know if Drew Smiley does it for me. I just I, – I would say that this bullpen to me has more depth than last year. I think last year we saw what happened. They they, they had injuries. They, they didn't have enough guys, and by the end of the year – you know, Julian Merriweather was the last man standing and poor Jose Quas, you know? And, and so I would like to see, like I said, I like the depth. I like what the Cubs have bubbling up underneath when you talk about Iowa and, and you talk about even some of the guys that are going to be coming from Tennessee. You, you got some skill here. I, I just wonder if Jed's done just yet. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, right now the bullpen is in better shape at this moment than it was last year at this moment. I feel much more confident about the bullpen a year removed from last year's going into spring training. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, Cubs Bullpen Bump. It's season three, it's episode nine. Don't forget to listen, download, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. And don't forget to leave those five-star reviews. In this segment, Crowley's talking to Lloyd C. Who's Lloyd C.? Diehard Cubs fan. Jeopardy contestant. He went viral for his takedown of Albert Pujols during the Jeopardy Champions wildcard round. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a late-night episode of Fly the W Live. Joining me, the viral Cub fan, Jeopardy sensation, Lloyd C. Lloyd, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Crowley. Thanks for having me on. This is, this is, I am stoked for this. This is great. These are my people. Yeah, absolutely. They are your people. If you've been watching <laughs> Cubs Twitter, they are 100% your, uh, your people. Lloyd, let, let's kind of go back a little bit. How did you first become a contestant on Jeopardy? 
Yes, yeah, so there's a several step audition process. Um, you know, first you have to take what's called the anytime test. This is just basically like a little flash game on your browser where you ask, they ask you 50 questions and you, you know, answer whatever you can. And I did that um, about two summers ago while I was sitting in a Starbucks back in Rockford and, uh, you know, answered that. And then after that, like a week later, they called me in for a first audition. And then once I did that, they called me back for a second audition. And then, you know, after that, it was like, all right, well, we've seen what you're like. And uh, if we want you on the show, we'll call you sometime the next year and a half. So I just kind of forgot about it for a while. And then in November of 2022, I got uh, the call from the producers, which is the call that every person who wants to be on Jeopardy loves to get. Um, and they said, can you come out in like, three weeks to, to, to tape for Jeopardy. And I said, of course. And uh, that's how I went on for the first time. Uh, and that was like a year ago. Uh, but then they brought me back for a tournament. And that's what that's where we got the Pujols question yesterday. <laughs> All right. So you're growing up. Did you watch a lot of Jeopardy growing up? Were you always a big fan of the show? Because I, I was a big fan. My mom and I would watch it. We'd get all psyched up and see who was smarter. How did you get hooked on Jeopardy? Yeah, well, it, it, it did start really, really early, probably like 2001, 2002. That's when I first started watching. My parents, my grandparents uh, have all been big fans. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love the idea. I loved learning things. Um, I've loved learning things my whole life. Uh, when I was in high school, I did a quiz bowl. And so that's where I learned a lot of the things that helped me on the show. Um, but, yeah, always been a big Jeopardy fan. It's, it's, it's literally like I go back, you know, Alex Trebek days. I mean, yes, just phenomenal. But like you said, you first appear on Jeopardy. You win two out of the three games. You collect more than $50,000 in October. How do you prepare yourself, right? Like I can't even imagine like the studio's dark. You got the live audience and then they do the, this is Jeopardy thing. Like what are you mentally doing to prepare? Well, I mean, you mostly are freaking out, you know, it's like it's it's nothing can prepare you for that moment when you're up there um, for your very first game, you know, um, and it's just such sensory overload in, in, in every single way. And uh, my very first game, I was up against a really, really good player, uh, this guy named Ray Lalonde back in um, back last year, and he had won 13 games. So, you know, actually, this sort of put the pressure off because I was like, there's no way I'm going to win this thing, you know. Um, and I won by the slimmest of margins and, and, and got really lucky in certain ways. Um, and then for the second and third games, uh, it was actually kind of nice because I was the only one who had experience up there. I was getting all these new players. Um, so, uh, yeah, nothing prepares you, though. There's like 300 cameras all over the place and... Um, you know, there's a whole studio audience and uh, at every single moment you are aware that a camera's on you that's going to broadcast you to an entire national audience. Absolutely. And, and when you take a look at this right now, then when did you find out about, you know, you did your, you were on three times, you won mm -hmm. a couple times. When did you find out about this champions wildcard competition? And can you tell our listeners what that's all about? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if anyone on, you know, any of the listeners have watched Jeopardy in the past, they might know that there's something called the Tournament of Champions at the end of every season and that they bring back everyone who's won at least four games. Um, and I won two games before I lost. Uh, and so I was like, OK, well, I'm not going to go back for the Tournament of Champions. That's OK. I had a good time on Jeopardy uh, and I guess I'll never come back here. About three or four months after I was on the show, I actually got a text from um Ray, the guy I beat the first game. 
telling me that uh, I was going to be back on the show because they had announced publicly that they were expanding the Tournament of Champions to include this new tournament for people who had only won once or twice. And that's called the Champions Wildcard. And that's what we're in right now. And that's the first time I knew we were going to do that. Um, but I didn't hear until like December that they were going to have me on. And they gave me a couple of options as, as to when I could tape. Um, and so I taped about three weeks ago. And the episodes are showing now. Right. And 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 just to, just to go even crazier with your thing today, there was a whole Taylor Swift-themed category. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I, the categories were under her song titles. Is that right? That's right. That's right. It was it was a uh, it was divisive. I loved it. You know, I I was like, this is an episode that's now destined to go viral because we've um, we have uh, uh, you know thrown a bone to to the most viral fandom in the entire world. But yeah, they had category names like Bad Blood and Our Song, but like for instance, in the Bad Blood category, everything was about blood in the body, you know, and in the Our Song category, everything was about music. So. Yeah, all the Swifties thought that they were going to ace Jeopardy, and they were disappointed. But not only did you have the Swifties getting all excited about Jeopardy, but you're there. The category, I believe, is bald is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and this was the question that was posed to you. Most beautiful for twelve hundred, please. This St. Louis Cardinals great slugged his seven hundredth home run in twenty twenty two, his last season in Major League Baseball. Lloyd, who is the wretched Albert Pujols? Oh, wow, yes. <laughs> the answer is correct. I can't speak to the adjective. Go Cubs. <laughs> so, so here's what I'm going to tell you, man. You know, you're sitting there, and and first off, I mean, they got to give a warning, some sort of trigger warning, if they're going to put that guy's face on there, right? They're going to tell somebody. But you're sitting there, right, as a Cub fan, and all of a sudden, Albert Pujols' big shiny head comes up. Do you know right away? You're like, oh, I got to say something. Oh, well, you know, it just kind of came out. I don't even think I was intending to do something. I just can't think about Albert Pujols without just like anger and rage seething in me, you know? So I, I wasn't even really aware that I was going to say that he was wretched until I said he was wretched. <laughs> Tell me, tell me a little bit about your Cub fandom because yeah. obviously, you know, you, that hatred, that, that, that's a pure Cub fan at heart. Tell me a little bit about your Cub fan, fandom. How did you get into the Cubs? Who was the one that really kind of hooked you in, and who was some of your favorite players growing up? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'd love to talk about this. Um, yeah, so I've been a Cubs fan since 2003. Uh, a tough year for us, you know. In fact, I think my earliest Cub memory might be that game six of the NLCS that year. Um, I think I was at a Japanese restaurant watching that game and falling in love with the Cubs and seeing this loss. <laughs> um, so I, I started with the Bartman days. <laughs> um, and the year after um, was the year that Derek Lee was almost triple crowning at like the all-star break, I think. Um, and so Derek Lee was a big one for me. Um, Aramis, uh, and, and of course those great pitchers we had, Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. Um, a really good memory I have is, I think my very first Cubs game in person was like in the summer of 2006 or 2007. And uh, it, it was against the Cardinals actually. And I remember in like the sixth or seventh inning, um, Pujols comes up to the plate and shoots one that looks like it's destined to go into the bleachers. And Juan Pierre just runs to the center field wall, and, and everyone thinks it's going out of the park. 
but he makes the catch at the wall. And and I was there in person for that. And, and that was just a beautiful moment for me. So, I mean, yeah, it goes back to when I was nine, 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, you know, just fantastic. I was there in 2003 and unfortunately I was at game six and game seven. So <laughs> right now though, these are some of your fans here. Dubs is saying here for the best Jeopardy player ever. Danny Rocket says, <laughs> I'd like to buy you a shot of Malort. Steve Winkler says, congratulations. Kyle with the Jeopardy question of the day here. What is Jed better resigned Bellinger? Right. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of people proud of you from Rockford. You know, you, you yeah. graduated from Rockford. You are now officially the biggest Rockford Cub fan I know because you're, you're above Decipio. Cup fan Jeff says so awesome. I mean, it, it just, it is absolutely one of the best things ever. And so right now we're, we're kind of sitting there and there are people that want to take you to Cubs games. And, and have you kind of been surprised at the way that Cub fans have been reacting? I'm not surprised. I'm grateful is what I am. Because before the Cubs fans found me, the Cardinals fans found me. And so like 12 hours ago or so, I was just like, so I'm a professor and I was about to teach my class. And like right before I teach my class, I get all these notifications on Twitter. But it's actually just Cardinals fans just calling me every single nasty name in the book. <laughs> you know, I think and this is before most of the Cubs fans find me. Um, but no, but tonight's been great. Tonight I've been receiving so much support. And of course, it's 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 the Cubs fans, right? <laughs> yes. And, and again, I got a feeling that you're if, if you're so you're right now you're at Yale and uh, yes. English professor. That's right. And are you coming home back to home for the summer for a little bit? Uh, yeah, at least for some time. Yeah. So you're definitely able to go to and catch some games with some people, right? Because I'm telling you here, I got a list of people <laughs> lining up here. I literally, before we even got on here, we were talking Bleacher Nation excited, yeah. like like obvious shirts excited. I mean, these people are just like, I want to I want to go to a game with Lloyd. Are you are you down to go to some games with some Cub fans? I'm so down. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, here, here's what I'm going to do, Lloyd, is I think I'm, I'm going to try to find a Cubs-Cardinals game and hopefully in the summer, and you and I can go to a Cubs-Cardinals game on my treat, in my seats, and, and oh, hopefully, you. you know, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll we'll do a whole little tour here. We got the Club 400 condo that maybe you could stop by and visit. But I think that – I or maybe we even go to the bleachers. Uh, that That's what I think pe people right now are saying, get Lloyd to the bleachers. And, you know, we'll try to make a whole day out of it. You know, we'll have Mai Tai guy out there, Bleacher Jeff. I mean, everybody will be there just kind of ready to cheer you on. And uh, I think that that's the thing, man, is that we were talking, you and I, a little bit earlier, is that you did what every Cub fan <laughs> to do, which is to badmouth Albert Pujols on live TV. Well, it wasn't live. It was taped. But to be able to get that out there to the entire world, that, that you have a special place in our heart. Now, the funny thing is that I saw that you, you know, this picture of you and Ken Jennings. I told you I had a Ken Jennings story. Okay. Our good friend Michael Bowling, who works for Cubs Productions, YouTube, all that stuff, he had a trivia contest where you got to go up against Gary Pressey for Cubs trivia. So there he is, Ken Jennings. They take him up to the booth, and Gary Pressey beats him in Cubs trivia. But on social media night, the legendary social media night, I went up there against Gary Pressey, and I took him on. Mano a mano, one-on-one. And I was able to beat him. I did not beat him. We tied. They ran out of questions. 
Oh boy. <laughs> That's great. That's so awesome. needless to say now your students, do they know about your cub fandom at all? I don't know. I mean, I've, I actually just started teaching them last week, so we haven't had too much opportunity to talk about things. And, you know, and I teach them, um, I teach Native American literature and culture, so it's not like uh, the Cubs often come up in that subject. But, um, but yeah, I, I hope to, to to maybe I'll wear a Cubs hat. To, maybe to a class. Cubs hat or maybe a Cubs yeah. shirt. Maybe a Cubs shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of your biggest fan is here. We're going to add them to the stage. Please welcome Lloyd's biggest fan, Joe Johnson of Obvious Shirts. Joe, how hey. are you, buddy? Crawley, doing good, Lloyd. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure too. It's an honor. <laughs> yeah, we just became uh, Twitter friends like literally five minutes ago. Um, yeah, I I remember I didn't I missed yesterday's uh, filming, but I remember I watched you like early 2023. I remember you like gave Shannon Sharp a shout out and Nick Wright. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah, so that I, that I thought that was kind of cool because I, I do remember watching you like almost I don't know what is it. About a year ago, yeah. About a year ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, just thought that was really cool. And on behalf of all, maybe not all, maybe 99% of Cub <laughs> fans, uh, thank you for representing uh, Cubs fandom like a true champ and uh, ignore the Cardinals fans. Cardinal fans are going to Cardinals fan. Uh, it's very typical of them. Uh, I'm not surprised. But um, I won't be long. I just wanted to come on here and uh, meet you and say hi. I want to offer you, you know, in honor of Albert Pujols' number five uh, Cardinals jersey, we're going to give you a $500 gift card um, and a uh, Ryan Sandberg and Kerry Wood autograph signed uh, 8x10 from us. So if you can get give Crawley your info, maybe like after the call, and I'll get it from Crawley, uh, we'll send that out to you first thing in the morning. And I just wanted to say thanks, and you're my hero. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. That's so generous. Thank well, you so much. You know, we said something about you wearing a cub shirt and the second Lloyd. Oh yeah. The I'm, second I'm... <laughs> Take it away, the, Crawley. The second Joe heard that you were gonna be on, he sent me this. And so Lloyd, this is your very own one of one obvious shirt. <laughs> For those of you listening on the podcast, it says, who is the wretched Albert Pujols Lloyd? What do you yes, think? Yes, we will Lloyd? be sending that it. to you. I love it. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're <laughs> so, no, great. no, Lloyd, thank you. <laughs> you are, you are, you know, not all heroes wear capes, Lloyd, and, and you, you, you are our hero right now tonight, man. You are, you have taken over uh, Cubs Twitter and ev everybody is so happy to have been a part of this. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the happiest. Thank you all so much. Pleasure, well, Lloyd. <laughs> we definitely want to see you, Lloyd, with a picture of you teaching your class in the shirt. And again, when, when summer comes around and it's Cubs Cardinals, I think a party in the bleachers. Danny Rockets here. Maybe we'll have the Bleacher Bums band play something. We'll have a lot of fun, Lloyd. Uh, we thank great. you so much for jumping on the Fly the W podcast. And again, on behalf of all Cub fans, the wretched Albert Pujols. All right, go Cubs. This is Season 3, Episode 9 of the Fly the W670 Podcast, Cubs Bullpen Bump. Don't forget to listen, download, subscribe to Fly the W Podcast, and leave us a five-star review. Crowley, we talked about the uh, bullpen in the first segment of this podcast, but the Cubs also made another minor move to the bullpen. How about, how about a little uh, reunion? Carl Edwards Jr., the string-being slinger, is returning to the Cubs 
on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. Dustin, I'm sure you remember Carl on the mound, 10th inning, game seven of the World Series. Uh, I don't think he expected to be there, but there he was. He gets the first two outs. Everything's looking good, but the, you know the two guys that were really grinders and, and a pain in the ass to get out the entire series, Brandon Geyer draws a two-out walk, and then you have an <laughs> Do RBI single. we have to single. go over this again? <laughs> yes, yes. An RBI single by Rajay Davis to make it a one-run game. Oh. Mike Montgomery comes in. He gets Michael Martinez to hit a weak grounder to Chris Bryant, throws it to Anthony Rizzo to end the 108-year drought. Dustin, I think about it a lot. I mean, like you are literally in the probably most watched game. I, I would say significance wise in baseball history, when you're on that extra inning game between the two teams that had the longest droughts in the world series. And it's, and he was one out away, Dustin, from being the guy that threw that final pitch. And I know it probably doesn't mean a big deal because guess what? Still has a ring and all that stuff. But I'm telling you in, in the, in the world of autographs and those type of things, Mike Montgomery does it all the time. Final out, last pitch, whatever you want him to inscribe. He gets a little bit of extra cabbage every time he writes that down. So I I, I never have heard Carl talk about it, but it, it would be interesting just to hear what he has to say, you know? Yeah, about that situation, right? Yeah. Right. It's 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 he was almost there. And and so he's bounced around since the Cubs traded him in 2019. He had some stops in San Diego. Seattle, Atlanta, Toronto, and finally he's been with the Nationals the last two seasons, but his 2023 season was cut short with right shoulder inflammation. He elected free agency, and uh, he's going to have to try. Like I said, he's got he's, he's got minor league contract, but he is invited to big league camp to try and win a spot. Um, but Dustin, this is another guy like we were talking about in segment one that okay, you can put him in Iowa, and, and he's a guy that has experience. You know, does he still have, you know, does he still have something to offer? I think he might. Yeah. Now the, I mean, it's, it's worth, it's worth a flyer, right? Right. And, and the funny thing is, is that with Carl Edwards, I actually saw him the Sunday after the Sunday of CubsCon. So CubsCon ends and he was doing an autograph signing in Bridgeview. This is a picture of me. I have a world series 16 by 20 I'm giving him. And then I also got an eight by 10 of the two of us signed, but. I just absolutely, it was just odd because I'm like, oh, he's in Chicago. You know, I don't know if he talked to anybody then or what happened, but, uh, you know, it's, it's good, good to have him back. It's, it's a familiar face. Yeah. Good guy. Nice guy. Right. I heard he's a really good guy. Yeah. He's a really nice guy, really friendly guy. And mm -hmm. so it, it, it it's going to be fun. Um, I'll be seeing him out in Mesa, I'm sure, but the Cubs also signed another lefty Dustin. So th that's what we talked about. Just kind of throwing your chips in. This kid right here, his name is Blake Wyman, and he was a um, career minor leaguer. He's 28-year-old lefty. And so Driveline, which is um, a place where pitchers go and, and they work on different mechanics and stuff like that, they have these pro days where people can come and see some of these reclamation projects. And so the Cubs decided to give this guy a shot. And, you know, what, what, what does it hurt to have one more lefty with you, you know? Can't hurt. Doesn't really cost anything, right? So no, no, no. But one person we won't be seeing in the Cubs minor league system this year is 2022 12th round pick Matthew Peters, who tested positive for a PED. Whoops. Uh, Whoops. Yep. Yep. He, you know, he was, you know, it was, he's, he's obviously, he's not like a, you know, a high round draft pick, but it's just, you know, these guys still do it and, and you have a chance of getting caught. So who knows?
Yeah, not smart. Not no. smart at all. What's the latest on uh, Cody Bellinger? That's the, uh, what, the 800-pound gorilla in the rumor, however that uh, phrasing goes? Yeah, that, that, that dance is going to keep happening. I, I don't think we're getting any kind of resolution anytime soon. But there's been a couple interesting nuggets. But here's the thing, Dustin. You don't know if it's the team feeding somebody information. You don't know if it's the agent feeding someone right. information. But David Vassa, who's host of the Dodgers talk for AM570 LA Sports and works for MLB Network, said, I know many people assume that it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to sign with the Cubs. And that may ha eventually happen. But from what I'm being told, the Angels have interest in Cody Bellinger and have had discussions with Scott Boris and Cody Bellinger. And we all know Artie Moreno, the Angels owner. When he spends big, he spends big on offense. And the Angels do need a left-handed hitting outfielder. So it does make sense if they can move him between first base and center field the way the Cubs did with Bellinger, that he would be a valuable piece for him. So, you know, we haven't heard anything about the Yankees. We haven't heard anything about Toronto in a while, but now all of a sudden the angels are getting tossed up and I don't know, Dustin. I mean, obviously the big move was losing Shohei Otani and Artie Moreno is a guy that likes to spend freely. So could be a possibility. I, like I said, I just, that, don't know. that screams agent. That's that <laughs> screams agent, agent plotted news to me. I, I, I don't disagree with you. It's, it's, the thing, the thing I do worry about, Dustin, is as long as this dance keeps going, is you're going to have bitter feelings. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it, right. what's his mindset going to be when he actually does get here? Assuming he does get here, right? Is he going to be all in? Is he holding a grudge? All great points. Right. And so, if all of a sudden the Angels do, because Artie Moreno is a guy that kind of spends like a drunken sailor on leave a lot of time. I mean, what's to say? You know what? If all of a sudden Cody says, you know what? Forget it. This team wants me, and it'll give me an opportunity, and and I'm going to take it. So. On the other hand, though, Odyssey insider and friend of the pod, Bob Nightingale, said in his latest Nightingale notebook, spring training is less than three weeks away, but Cody Bellinger and J.D. Martinez still have not received a formal contract offer. Two-time Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell's loan offer was a six-year 150 deal from the New York Yankees after Snell requested $270 million over nine years. Dustin, we talked about this last time about the number of, of top-notch players that are still out there, like literally reigning Cy Young Award winner, you know, comeback player of the year in Cody Bellinger. J.D. Martinez had a great season last season. It, but the fact that they're all Boris clients and the and the fact that the money to me is so far off, like if 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 the Yankees are offering 150 and Snell saying 270, you're not you're not even close. No. You know, and nowhere you're nowhere. I mean, you are miles apart, right? And if the Cubs are saying 150 or 160 for Bellinger, and they're asking 240, you're still not close. I mean, we're talking about close to like a hundred million off, and and so I just did 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 Boris just I don't know did he overestimate his hand or did he think that people were just going to be running all over to get these you know some of his clients? I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm very curious to see how this happens. Yeah, we'll see how it happens. But yeah, I, Boris, I mean, I think Boris is playing stories all over the place because his guys aren't getting what anybody wants. Right. It, it, it's This is where it gets tricky. And so John Morosi tweeted out on Thursday morning, this morning, Justin Turner's free agent decision will occur this week. Now, Morosi mentioned that his market is helped by multiple large market teams looking for an impact corner infielder. He goes on to mention the Cubs the Giants, and the Blue Jays. 
Dustin, last year, Turner slashed 276, 345, 800 with 23 home runs and 96 RBIs, but primarily as a DH. Last year, he started at DH 98 times, first base 35 times. He only played third base seven times. Now, is that because he can't anymore or because the Red Sox have Rafael Devers at third? Right. right? I think so it's because it, they have Rafael Devers <laughs> at third. Now, I'm not saying Turner can play 60 games at third, but if he did some sort of combination of DH first and third, wouldn't that really solve a lot of problems for the Cubs? Yeah. Yes, it would. Because I'm looking at this right here, and and Matt Chapman is still out there. Again, another yep. Boris client. But from all accounts, I mean, he had a down year offensively, and you're taking a look at Matt Shaw, who everybody that we've talked to, Dustin, every prospect expert has Matt Shaw being one of the Cubs' top prospects. There's been there's been people that have had him ahead of Kate Horton. Okay, so if you're telling me you're gonna you're gonna sign Matt Chapman for a five or six year deal, well then where does Matt Shaw play? Because he's not playing second and he's not playing short. So you're 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 gonna block one of your top prospects. I don't see that happening. So for me, when I take a look at third, I I'm, I'm not. We we talked about this last time. I'm not excited that if today was opening day that it would be, you know, sort of wisdom, morale, magical combination thing. I think we saw how that went last year. I wasn't super impressed. If Justin Turner still has some in the tank, and this is another guy that has leadership all over him. You know, he, he's, yeah, he's a he does no have that. Yeah, he, And he's been, he's been in big games, played in big markets. I mean, I think he'd be – I think Cubs fans would fall in love with him. Right. And, and, and I, I think about the fact is, is that Matt Shaw is going to be coming up maybe possibly if he has a good season in the minors, he might be a guy that comes up in July, August, September at some point in time, but, but let's keep in they mind might need him sooner rather than that later, Crowley based <laughs> on the roster right now. But, but, you know, remember we got excited about the same thing with Trey Mancini and Eric Cosmer and we're like, Oh, you know, they can teach Matt Mervis the ropes and you know, all they got to do is be serviceable and, and they were not serviceable, Dustin. So I would, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of me has kind of got that in the back of my head, but it's, it's, we're, 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 you know, the bullpen is starting to come into focus. It's still third and first base. And I think if, if Cody Bellinger does come back and is willing to play first, I, th I think that opens up a lot of opportunities. And, and I think that if Cody comes back, I think I'd be less panicky about that trio of Cubs at third base when we're talking about magical wisdom and morale. Yeah. I think the key word there though, Crowley was less panicky. <laughs> okay. De panic, definitely. That means you're still panicked, right? That's it, not, it's not, it's just, it's less panicked. So less panicked, but uh, you know, with spring training coming up, Dustin, and, and I am, a, I, I am nothing if not somebody that is a uniform aficionado. Yes, I don't know are. if you saw this, yes, you are. but we have had our first sneak peek of the Cubs new spring training hat. And right. to me, Dustin, it is sharp for the listeners. It is a powder. Like, like, what would you say? North Carolina blue. Yeah. Tar heel blue. Yeah. Not cubby blue. The brim is cubby blue. The bear is cubby blue. Um, I like it. I think it's cool. I'm not a big hat guy anymore. I used to never not be seen in a hat basically. Um, but now when I wear a hat, I get a raging headache all the time. Well, so, so what you got to do is you got to buy the flex fit. And, and and that way it's it's a lot better, like the stretchy ones. I'll tell you what, you buy me one, I'll give it a try and let and then I'll let you know. 
But okay. but you, I think it looks awesome. I am definitely going to buy one. And for people that didn't know, the last couple of years, it is cool. I mean, listen, Crowley. I, I'm not saying. I mean, I like it. I, I really, I really do. As long as you know, I know not everybody can see what we're looking at, but visualize, right? Radio, theater of the mind. Neither you or I are as good as Pat Hughes at describing things. But this hat has one of those gold stickers on it with like the sizing of the hat. With this is flex fitting. Take the sticker off. Oh, yeah. Take right. Yeah. Don't you take the sticker off, right, Crowley? Oh, yeah. Off, I, right? I, okay. I, I, I can't stand when people wear the sticker. Like, take the sticker no. off. Why is the makes, sticker still on? I don't get it. Makes no sense. And the other thing, Dustin, that makes no sense is the old, the last couple of years, the cap for the uh, for the spring training had mesh on the, all the back and the sides. So the front was like normal paneling, but the back had mesh. And so you'd go out to, if you went out to Arizona, not everyone goes out to Arizona, but if you went out to Arizona, you'd get sunburned through the mesh if you didn't make sure that you took proper precautions. But is that, so, is that part of the flex part of this thing when it's the no, mesh? No, no, it, it was okay. just the design. You can tell how long it's been since I bought a hat. So, you know. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll buy you one when I'm out in Arizona, see if we can get them. And, uh, and hopefully that'll, that'll, that'll change your mind on the, on the whole flex fit, because I think I know what you're talking the about. The look is cool. A, I'd like a t-shirt. I, I like the, I, I like it as a t-shirt. If I could find one of those, I, I maybe I'll have to go to the cub shop and take a look or if obvious shirts wants to play with that, but they don't really do logos. Everything is just words with obvious shirts. And just so you know, just for everybody that's listening, uh, Joe Johnson from obvious shirts has just put out the Ryan strong, the Rhino strong, um, oh, series. Really? Really? I did not know that. Okay. That's cool. It, it is very cool. And so a hundred percent of the proceeds go to, um, to help with uh, the charity. It's all through charity. I think I want to say that Sandberg has uh, some cancer charities that he's looking into. So if, if people are really interested, Joe has done another wonderful job. He's working with the Sandberg family. Joe's not getting one penny for this. This is all to raise money for charity. So if you haven't gone to the obvious shirt site, um, it, he, Joe had a, a design with a rhino on it and, and he, it came out, I think last year or two years ago that had the 23 on it, but now it's got the rhino strong and then the 23 strong. So, um, for those of you that are just, uh, rhino has posted some updates on Instagram and, you know, he's back home feeling a little bit better, but, uh, you know, I think we all want to support rhino and, and his family. And, and again, Rhino's a guy that obviously has big name, but there's a lot of other people dealing with cancer too. So if we can raise money for a good cause and, you know, do a little, you know, represent Rhino, I think it'd be really awesome if on opening day, like, you know, 40,000 strong are wearing Rhino shirts and hats. Yep. I would, uh, I would second that uh, opinion you just shared there, Crowley. Well, Crowley, that's a wrap. Don't forget to download, review, subscribe to the fly, the W podcast, follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us, flythew670 at gmail.com. And you can watch us and see pictures of hats on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Yep, and uh, the hats are beautiful. The Rhino Strongs are beautiful. Go Cubs! It's all over.